My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love, from the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to the podcast where we rewatch telenovelas and I recap them for you all. Hey everyone, how's it going? How's your week been? I've been pretty busy. I've had a pretty busy week and so, <laughs> spoiler, I didn't watch as many episodes as I wanted to watch. But it's okay, I'm not dwelling too much on it because we got a lot of juicy information. But yeah, I've been a little bit busy, but all things are good. My mental health is doing wonderfully, and TikTok is doing great too. By the way, I've been posting some of my TikToks into my Instagram reels, so for those of you who don't have TikTok or whatever, you'll still get to see some of the content I'm making on TikTok, which I'm really happy with. I really, I gotta say, I really like the videos I'm making and I'm getting really good feedback. And I know that a lot of you new listeners are coming straight from TikTok, so welcome. I am so glad you're here. Today, we're gonna continue our recap of Lo Que La Vida Me Robó. We're gonna be covering episodes 108 to 113. So again, not a lot, but I promise you all, lots of stuff happens. But before I get started, shout out to you all who left me a review on on Spotify. So low-key, you know how I've been reminding you all that um, to leave a review if you're able to or whatever? Um, I was, because uh, I primarily use Spotify, so I would check every now and then Spotify, uh, Telenovelas con Dulce, and I would never see any reviews, and I was like, oh my god, no one's listening, everyone hates me. Like, you know, negative thoughts that <laughs> that are totally all in my head. And then today I saw that there were reviews and it made me really happy. Uh, I think on Spotify, it doesn't let you submit comments, so you just put like the stars. But um, so far we have 12 five-star reviews, which makes my heart really, really happy. So thank you all so much for taking the time to review. Uh, and if you haven't already, you still have a chance to, and you can do so also on Apple, which Apple allows you to leave a little comment. So if you want to do that, you can. But anyway, let's get to what you all came here to do, which is listen to the toxicity that is lo que la vida me robó. So last we left off, Alejandro, Victor, Nadia, they dead. They're gone. R.I.P. So where do we go when we have three main characters dead? We do a time jump. So before we do the time jump, though, we get some really, really sad scenes with Montserrat and Rosario, Alejandro's mother. And she also gets just all these bad news one after the other. So, of course, she's still in mourning over her husband dying. But then the court comes at her and is like, actually, he wasn't your husband because Alejandro Almonte was an imposter and didn't exist. So you married someone that doesn't exist. So Montserrat is like, uh, so I'm not married? What? Obviously, this is, um, we all know that this is a lie that Alejandro was in fact in Almonte. And this was all just Las Antimañas de Pedro Medina. But no one in the telenovela world knows it. So now all of a sudden Montserrat is left single 
with a kid and no husband and no money because they take all the money that was Alejandro's and give it to Fabiola, who is restored as a legitimate heir of Benjamin Almonte. So Montserrat is left with nothing. But fear not, because Jose Luis from prison is going to make sure that she's taken care of. So El Admirante Robledo goes to prison where Jose Luis is at. And Jose Luis is like, what's happening? So he gets the 411 and he gets caught up on what's happening and that Montserrat doesn't have any money. And she's now a whole ass single mother. Um, and Jose Luis is like, remember when I got framed for murder that I didn't do and y'all confiscated money? Uh, yeah, that was Montserrat and it was proven that it was Montserrat. So you have to return it to her. And El Capitan is like, yes, of course, we'll, we'll do that today. We'll make sure that she gets the money back. And then Jose Luis is like, and I want to make sure that we also have the interest that it has accrued. And El Capitan is like, um, you know, that's not how things work here. I can't do interest. And Jose Luis is like, no, 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 you're going to return the money with interest. Wink, wink. So Jose Luis is essentially saying, uh, give her some of my money. So Jose Luis's plans for Montserrat are like, she can use that money to buy herself a little house, maybe set up a little business for herself, like all things are going to be good, and she's going to be able to survive and pull herself together. And we all know that our Montserrat has never been afraid of hard work. So sure enough, that's exactly what she does. But not before we get a time jump. So again, we have this really beautiful, heartfelt scene of Montserrat talking to her baby son. And they're both lying in bed. And she just tells him how she's never going to let him forget who his father was. And how his father loved him very much. And how he wanted to see him grow up. And how he wanted to teach him how to horseback ride. All these things. And she's like, don't worry. I'm going to make sure... You always grow up with a memory of your father. And then she closes her eyes, and when she opens them again, a young child now greets her and is like, Mama, wake up. And it's actually really cute. And seven years have now passed, and Laurito is all grown up. He's played by this adorable child actor who wears the cutest glasses. Like, honestly, the casting did such a good job because I could totally believe that he's Angelique Poyer and Sebastian Rulli's child. But yeah, all of a sudden, we're seven years into the future. And Montserrat is now styled to look like much more older and mature. Like she wears these big floral skirts and her hair is all down and curly. And I gotta say, Angelique Boyer is beautiful. So obviously she looks beautiful in any which way. But I'm like, they really like had her looking like she was in her 40s. And not obviously she doesn't look like she's in her 40s, but the way she's dressed is much older. And I did a little bit of math. So at the beginning of the telenovela, Montserrat is only 19 years old. And she marries Alejandro very soon after the beginning. Like, I think only three months have passed in their relationship. So let's assume that she's still 19. So then she's married to him. A few months pass. We don't see a birthday. But let's say she did have a birthday and now she's 20. Then she gets pregnant with Laurito, that's nine months, so she's still 20. And say at the very, very, 
latest. She was 21 when Alejandro died. So she's 21, seven years later. She's only 27. Hi, this is Editing Dulce. Clearly, I did the math wrong. She's 28. For reference, I don't think I've ever said it. I'm 26. So she's only a year older than me, and they have her dress like she's all this, you know, this much older character, which I found funny. Also, by the way, I very vividly remember when I first watched Lo que la vida me robó, being obsessed with her floral skirts and her color coordination and her hair down and curly. And I did did try that look for a little bit. I think it only lasted a few weeks. Um, And all I'll say is that I did not look as good as Angelique Boyer did. And it was a mistake, and I'll never do that again. But Angelique Poyer looks beautiful. Anyway, seven years have passed, and we see where all the characters are at. Refugio and Dimitrio. Dimitrio, my favorite character. We love him. I will never get tired of saying how much I love Osvaldo Benavides' acting. But Refugio and Dimitrio are now the best friends, and they, together with Monica, who's a captain who appeared right before the time jump. She's a new character. She is a very attractive captain, and, you know, we all know, like, as soon as her character was introduced, I'm like, okay, she's going to have a relationship with one of these two characters. Um, but the three of them are like the best of friends, which is really cute to see. And they're doing like these operativos for the Marines and taking down bad guys, or at least attempting to. Because when we first see Dimitrio after the time jump, he talks to Montserrat, who's like, you look so cute. Look at you. You, you look so handsome. I'm so proud of you. And she's like, where are you off to? And he's like, oh, like I have a very important operation I would tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. And then Montserrat is like, oh, don't try to act all tough with me. And then Dimitrio jokes around, but there is an operativo that's happening. There is a mission that the Marines are going on because there's a new big bad guy in town and they call him El Alacran or the scorpion and this guy is like the next level big bad he has been causing mayhem all over the world and in aguasul and they're trying to catch him because no one knows who he is and so just keep that in mind a little bit meanwhile we also see that esmeralda is now pregnant with refugio's child And things are not going well between them. Refugio is being super distant and everyone is being so, so not understanding towards Esmeralda. Esmeralda has apparently gained a lot of weight throughout this pregnancy and they're like, oh, she looks huge. Look at how fat she is. But literally, they just put a belly on the actress who plays Esmeralda, whose name is Margarita Magaña, amazing actor. But yeah, she's we're supposed to, as audience, believe that she's like all of a sudden this huge, big monster. And I hated that because it's so fat phobic and it's just so, oh, I just hate it. I hate it, hated this whole plot point that they have going on with Esmeralda's character, who's supposed to be having like a really tough pregnancy. She's like, I gained a lot of weight and it doesn't help that wardrobe styled her with like really ugly maternity clothes. And so all the characters make comments about, Esmeralda, you're so huge. You must be about to give birth. And then Esmeralda's like, "Ah, 
you know, I'm only six months. I still have three months left. And then we also get a scene between her and the captain, Monica. And the captain is like, also, oh my God, you're so huge. You must be about to give birth. And Esmeralda is like, nope, I have three months left. I just gained a lot of weight. And then Monica is like, mm, well, you should really start working out and at least going on walks for 30 minutes every day because being pregnant and a housewife is no excuse to just lounge around and eat all you want. Like, who says that? Like, literally, who says that? Also, it's very much implied that Monica and Esmeralda are not friends and they barely interact, so... Imagine going up to a stranger and telling them that. Like, that's so wrong. But anyway, that's happening. And the reason all these characters are together is because the day has come for Jose Luis to get out of prison. So he's being released. He's going to be a free man and a rich man. Hey, yo. So, um, so things are happening. Things are happening. Bitch-ass Fabiola, who stole all of Alejandro's money, makes her way back to Aguazul because it's Jose Luis's release day and she wants to be there to basically cop him up and, you know, seduce him. So she makes her way back to Aguazul. We find out that these past seven years has been spent searching for her birth parents, whom she's not able to find. And I think I mentioned it, um, but I may not have. But we, as audience members, know that Fabiola is the daughter of Graciela and Don Benjamin Almonte, which <laughs> that's only going to complicate things a little further. And by the way, Graciela does not know this. So she's actually been treating Fabiola really poorly and calling her like a nobody and a recogida and just saying really, really mean things to her. So uh, yeah, I'm sure she's not going to come to regret those words. But anyway, that's happening. Fabiola returns. Jose Luis is going to be let go of prison. And all of a sudden, everyone starts to bring up the events that happened seven years ago, the day that Alejandro, Nadia, and Victor died. And Montserrat still believes that they just left her. And she's been wondering all these years why Alejandro sent Jose Luis to go get her. That's something, uh, actually, she didn't even know that the reason Jose Luis was there was because Alejandro had sent him for her. The only people who knew this were Macario and Rosario, Alejandro's mom. And Rosario has never been the biggest fan of Jose Luis, so she's not telling Montserrat anything. But another thing that's now different is that Montserrat is a business owner. She has opened up this little bakery slash coffee shop, and apparently it's super successful and very popular. And she has Macario and Dominga working for her. Macario was one of Alejandro's best friends and employers, and Dominga was a cook. So Montserrat basically used the money that she got back from the Marines and the Jose Luis sent her and opened up her little business and hired both of them because they flash back and we see that Fabiola mercilessly kicked them all out and destroyed everything and was like, you have to leave now. Uh, she didn't give them a chance to just move things out. So everyone was left without a job. Everyone was left broke and alone. So Montserrat opened up this little coffee shop slash bakery and it's been going really well and everyone has jobs. Macario and Dominga are married and they've had 
two miscarriages, which is really sad. And this telenovela, by the way, as we know, is super into women need to have babies and and have kids to be fulfilled human beings. So Montserrat keeps telling Dominga, don't worry, you're still going to be a mother. Like, I'm sure this is going to happen for you. Like, very much pushing the narrative of like, don't worry, you'll someday be complete once you have your child. So that's happening. And while they're all working, Macario lets it slip that the reason Jose Luis was there was because Alejandro sent him. So now Montserrat is like, why did Alejandro send Jose Luis, someone who worked so hard to destroy our lives? Like she's racking her brain around this mystery and doesn't know what's happening. This is a part where I'm going to remind you all that Graciela has Alejandro's phone and in the phone is a recording of Alejandro explaining everything to Montserrat and telling her that Jose Luis is actually a good person. Graciela has held on to this phone all these years for seven freaking years and not told anyone anything that she had it. So the only other person that knows this video exists is Jose Luis, who gets out of prison. Esmeralda picks him up because Refugio, Dimitrio, and Monica are all in this marine operative. So Esmeralda picks him up. It's honestly super cute because something I always really liked about this show is the friendships between the characters. Like all the characters have really strong friendships and go go way back and are ride or dies for each other. So Esmeralda is super happy to be there for him, to pick him up. Jose Luis is really excited to see her too. But of course, the first thing he wants to do as a free man is go see Montserrat, which I found problems with because, yes, he's been in love with Montserrat this entire time. I get it. I get it. He thinks he's been in love with Montserrat this entire time. But also, you know, there are other things you could be thinking about, you know, maybe the woman who was your wife and who you lost very tragically like are we seeing a therapist and talking to someone about that trauma jose luis i don't think so by the way i feel like all these telenovela characters would be so much better off if they went to therapy but that's a whole nother podcast episode where we can cover the psychology of all these characters and how half of these problems could be solved with therapy but anyway jose luis out of prison wants to see montserrat Esmeralda is like, I don't think so. You're going to go take me out to eat. So they do. They go out to eat and then they're talking. And Esmeralda is like, you really want to see her? Like, come on, Jose Luis, there's more to life. Also, did you forget you're filthy rich? And Jose Luis is like, mm, you're right. I am rich. And Esmeralda takes him shopping and helps him pick off all his new fancy clothes. And it's great. And back home, the operativo has ended. It was a bust, so they weren't able to find El Alacran. So now everyone is in Refugio's house, and they're decorating for a welcome back party for Jose Luis. It's super cute. Meanwhile, while all of this is happening, we see who El Alacran is. And y'all want to know who it is? Y'all want to guess? It is none other than Adolfito. Dimitrio's former best friend, the party boy that used to love talking about Brazil, 
Nadia's brother, that's El Alacran. And we get the scene where he's confronting the the guy who betrayed him and outed him or tried to out him to the Marines. And he mercilessly just kills him, which is such a contrast to the Adolfito we met seven years ago who couldn't bring himself to kill anyone. And now he's this vicious killer and he's been running the criminal underground of the United States. And yeah. Things are bad. Things have taken a dark turn for the worse with Adolfito. We also find out that Maria, no one knows where she's at. She she was in denial over Alejandro's death and was dancing every night at La Escondida dressed in a blonde wig, hoping that Alejandro would someday return for her. And once it became clear that he was dead and he wasn't returning, Maria just got up and left and left everything. And Adolfo talks to um, Zulema, who's a person that runs the Escondida, and is like, did she leave anything? And Zulema gives him all of Maria's belongings because Adolfito is trying to find the original testament of Don Benjamin Almonte that has Alejandro as a universal heir. It's that one document that would take everything back to Montserrat, who's now Alejandro's widow. It's a document that would also prove corruption on behalf of Pedro Medina. Like, it's a very important document. But he doesn't find it there. Also, quick update on Pedro Medina and the character of Ezequiel. Pedro Medina is now the freaking governor because, of course, Ezequiel, his former right-hand man, is now the president of the of the town, and he's married to Carlota. And Pedro Medina is now married to Amelia, who was Angelica's mother. So, yeah, lots of things going on with everyone. Everything has basically shifted. All things are different. Carlota is now super rich because Ezequiel has a ton of money from all the illegal dealings he's been doing. So she buys off the house where Graciela lives. And, you know, that house now belongs to her, which is great because Graciela always treated her like shit. So now it's Carlota's turn to thrive. Unfortunately, she doesn't know that the man she married is evil and corrupt, but I'm sure she'll find out eventually. Um, but yeah, that's basically where all the characters are at. So now going back to Jose Luis, the night that he is released from prison, right before he goes to his welcome back party, he goes to Montserrat. And Montserrat and Jose Luis see each other for the first time in seven years. Jose Luis has apparently been keeping a countdown this entire time. And he's like, it's been 2,554 days since we last saw each other. And they talk a little bit, but Montserrat is not interested in listening to him or hearing. So he leaves and he tells Esperanza that although he loves Montserrat... He's not going to beg for her. So they go to his welcome back party and it's really happy and it's really great. And we get to see all these characters reunited and just celebrating, which is something we don't get to see often. So now Jose Luis has been released from prison and the plot picks up. So Jose Luis is determined to win back Montserrat. Unfortunately, Montserrat is very much still in love with Alejandro and she also still thinks the worst of Jose Luis. And so Jose Luis is going to work to try to get her back and win her back and get married. 
And at this point, Montserrat is like looking out the window. Tragically, she still remembers Alejandro. She has all these memories of them together. By the way, I'm going to mention this very briefly, but the telenovela has a lot of ad placement for cars. Like Alejandro's camioneta, like his truck is super heavily edited and shot and just like it looks like an ad and so it took me out of the story a lot because we would get these tragic scenes of Montserrat remembering her life with Alejandro and it all felt like an ad for trucks because we saw more of the truck instead of Alejandro or Montserrat so just real real fast rant on that so Montserrat is like mi Alejandro like I miss you so much And then, all of a sudden, we're taken to Argentina, where a nurse comes in and we see Alejandro, who's alive and well and in a coma. So, yeah, Alejandro did not die. He is very much alive and has been in a coma for the past seven years. And so, things are now turned upside down. No one knows this information, uh, so you can imagine when these characters do find out that Alejandro is alive, things are just going to go to hell. But for now, Jose Luis is intent on winning Montserrat, so he does something that Alejandro did many, many years before. He goes to Graciela, and he tells her to name her price. And then Graciela is like, oh, so you want to talk business, how much my daughter is going to cost? And Jose Luis is like, no, I want to talk about how much is your price so that you do not interfere and you don't get involved in my relationship with Montserrat. And Graciela is like, okay, you know what? I just need a monthly a monthly income that's going to be enough for me to live like a queen and I need this monthly income coming for the rest of my life. And Jose Luis is like, sure. And then he's like, the only thing is Montserrat can never know about our deal. And Graciela laughs and she's like, those are the same exact words Alejandro once told me. And then Jose Luis is like, this is different. I'm not buying Montserrat. But then Graciela pulls out her ace and is like, are you sure? Because I have a way that Montserrat will come running back to you in less than 24 hours. And Jose Luis is like, uh, I am very much sure that you no longer have a hold over her like you used to. And then we don't see what happens. But then all of a sudden, Graciela goes to Montserrat and takes her Alejandro's phone. The very phone that has the video Alejandro made that shows that Jose Luis was innocent this entire time. And so... Graciela just goes to her and is like, oh, you know, I was cleaning out some drawers and I found this phone. Jose Luis had it the day Alejandro died and he gave it to me, but he never told me why. The thing is, she knew why. She saw the video. So again, she was just holding on to this video for as long as she could until it it brought her financial benefit. So we can assume that Jose Luis gave her money so that Graciela would take this video to Montserrat which in a sense is reducing himself to her level and playing into her game, which uh, I believe Jose Luis is going to come to regret. So Graciela takes his phone to Montserrat, 
Montserrat is very happy because obviously it's going to have all these pictures of them together. So she charges the phone and once it turns on, she starts scrolling through the photos and comes across the video. And then she cries and it's so heartbreaking. Uh, Angelique Boyer is so good. She's such a good actor, but she's crying and it's very painful. And the next day she's like, I have to see Jose Luis. But before she does, she goes to Esmeralda and talks to her. And Esmeralda tells her everything and all the things that Montserrat didn't know that Jose Luis did. Like how it was Jose Luis who found Alejandro burning the money and how he took the blame for it and how he went to jail for something that he shouldn't have done. And it's all these all these things that Montserrat didn't know. All of a sudden, she now finds out. And she realizes how wrong she was in misjudging Jose Luis. And so we get to the part of the story where the story is going to repeat itself. Because once again, we have Montserrat in love with someone very deeply who she considers her one true love. And he's not there And it's leaving the road wide open for Jose Luis to come in and reclaim the life that was stolen from him. Because Jose Luis very much believes that his life was stolen from him and that this is his opportunity to get things right. And this is his second chance. And all there's all these things that are writing either in favor or against Jose Luis. Because at any moment, Alejandro could wake up and come back. But he can't, really, because he's still a fugitive. Uh, and at the same time, there's this will out there that proves that Alejandro was not an imposter and could restore his status and name. But we don't know where that is. And more importantly, no one knows that Alejandro is alive. So now the road is wide open for Jose Luis to finally win back Montserrat. And that is where we're going to end for today. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Tune in next week. And I'm curious, are y'all Team Jose Luis or Team Alejandro? Because things are up in the air. The story has gone back to square one. And either one of them could now be called the protagonist and the main love interest. And we're just going to have to wait and see who Montserrat chooses in the end. But... Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you all again next week. Bye everyone.